I'm George Sainsbury and welcome to Dog in the Spotlight. We're joined again by Larry Cavallo-Phillips, who is always on the hunt for that ideal dog, and still she has not yet found it. And we are also joined with Je- Trevor Gerlock, friend and vet, who'll be giving us more information about the health issues of our dog we'll be talking about today. And the dog in the spotlight today is the German Shepherd Dog. But before then, dog in the news. week's dog in the news we're going to be looking at a study of um, dogs going through a teenage period of their life oh okay puberty dogs and puberty yeah it literally is um so edinburgh newcastle and nottingham studied 69 dogs and it was so interesting because they are literally like a teenage human could i just ask at what age do we class them as teenagers so on the study it was um, they're sort of like toddler sort of age or child age at five months. And then they at five months, that's when they go through teenager sort of period. Oh. It, they do say different dogs have a different length of being in teenager sort of times, depending on the size and breed of the dog. But most dogs from between about eight, uh, sorry, five to eight, nine months, then you're sort of, you're going through this teenage period time. Oh, interesting. And they literally act the same as a teenager would. And I was like, well, how, what is this? No. What do you mean? Yeah. So they were saying about they become more disobedient okay. only with the, um, their owner because they're still obedient with people like strangers and they come across really like wagging their tails. But they were saying with, um, with their owner, they, um, if you tell them to sit, usually they would be sit and eager to please. Suddenly during this period of like puberty, they become a bit obstinate, disobedient. This would be when they eat your couch. Yeah, eating, yeah, eating okay. cats, but they just don't listen to instructions. However, they're very much listen to the a stranger's instructions. And it also, co- and they say this is only a period, it doesn't last a long time. It lasts like a teenager, it's a very short period of their life. But they were saying this is when they see a lot of influx in dog homes, in dog shelters, because suddenly when they're really young puppies, the puppies are eager to please, easy to train. Mm. They go through this teenager's period and the owners are like, you've changed, this is not what I like. And they're, they're not, they give them up, give them to a shelter because they're not sort of doing what they wanted them to do. Mm. However, they do say you've just got to bear in mind that this is a very short period of time and just bear, keep going with the dog because they'll come okay. back into being a trained. But it's just really interesting that um, the, the owners were talking about the fact that they, they're just suddenly misbehaving at a certain mm. period like teenagers do. Yeah, absolutely. That is really interesting. I just never assumed because obviously puberty is linked to hormonal change and... And I didn't know if that... But I yeah, guess, I it guess would, they go through it too, so... Yeah, but I guess mm. I suppose they are changing from a little puppy to be able to... Going into being able to bear children or bear yeah. puppies themselves. So I yeah, can see why, but true. yeah, it's a hormonal... But I just found it so interesting how they were just really naughty for their owner, a bit rude to their owner. But around, it's a bit like, have you, do you remember Kevin and Perry? And yes. they're like, hello, Mrs. Pettersson, hello, Mrs. Yeah. And then around there, and then second, it's around their um, real parents. So it's a bit like if you had a dog, like, oh, go away, I'm not doing that. And then in front of their other dog, they're good as gold. Anyway, so I just found that was it. And do you know what? That is our first dog in the news that is not about coronavirus. Oh! So, I know, I should have a host to that. Anyway, that is dog in the news. And next is the German Shepherd dog.
In this week's Dog in Spotlight, we'll be putting the popular uh, German Shepherd dog. What? Okay. Sounds redundant. You've been saying this now a few times. Why is it a German Shepherd? We know it's a dog. So I didn't realise this. The actual official name of the breed is German Shepherd Dog. And like you were saying in your veterinary practice... You G- refer- yeah, we refer to them as GSDs. Yeah, and, but, and the word dog is a bit redundant because people yeah. don't say German Shepherd Dog. And actually, through the history, which we're going to go into, it's had many names, um, official names given. But let's start at the beginning. Now, you would look at this German Shepherd Dog, and a lot of people think wolf. It's got that wolfy look, and you mm. think, well, mm-hmm. you must be a very old breed, you know, because all dogs come from the wolf. Actually, it's quite a modern breed. Um, it was first officially recognised in 1899. Oh, wow. And, and it was bred by one breeder, a German breeder, called Max von Schnetznutz. Schnetznutz? Schnetznutz. Sorry. Okay. Uh, was it Max von Hopefully your children aren't Stepsnitz. listening. Stepsnitz. Stepsnitz. There Stepsnitz we are. Stepsnitz or Schnetznutz? <laughs> this is why I don't teach German. I, my language skills, my modern foreign language skills are not the best. I can but barely I just, speak English. I'm so glad you tried. Regardless. I did try. Anyway, he, the aim was back in the early, um, sorry, mid-19th century, they were trying to find a dog for shepherding, to, like a sheepdog. And I could not find anywhere the dogs that made up the German Shepherd. I, you know, I did research and it really was like a variety of European shepherd or sheepdogs. So they, this guy, Max, I'm just going to call him Max, he came along and he found this dog called Hector that fitted everything he wanted. It was his agility, strength, uh, protective, um, alert, a real dog that would be excellent as a sheepdog. And so he coined German Shepherd Dog, and the first ever official dog was called Hector. That's quite a cute name, Hector. Oh, that is quite a cute name. Anyway, it got very popular very quickly because... This dog seems to tick so many boxes as a working dog, even though it comes under herding dogs when they're being grouped. They saw, actually, this dog is going to offer far more than just being your average sheepdog. And as within 10 years, it was being used by the armed forces, by mainly by the armed forces to start with. And they played a huge role in the German armed forces in World War One. OK, so why did the armed forces enlist them? What features did they see? Well, firstly, they saw they're very alert. Um, they're very easily trained and they're very protective. And Trevor, you did a bit of research. Yeah, so, yeah, so they were used for a couple different things. So they carried medical supplies. And then they also used different breeds of dogs, including the German Shepherd, for um, sort of like alerts, so sentries. So they would use them to alert. They would growl if things were, you know, soldier was sleeping, someone was near. Um, and then I think just in general companionship. Yeah. Okay. And they were a very popular dog in, of the time. And it became, so after World War One, a lot of Americans, obviously they came over here to fight and they went back to the US. And a lot of them brought back puppies with them. And it suddenly became extremely popular in the US because of um, them working, seeing them. And they weren't a major um, scene. They weren't majorly seen in the US before World War One. So even though it became popular in World War One in the US, it actually fell out of popularity in the UK. Yes, I was going to say because. The, I was going to say, because the Alsatian is what we would call... So what happened was that the Kennel Club, the UK Kennel Club, because the word German came up with connotations of the enemy, mm. they were like, well, we want to make sure um, we want to carry on the popularity of the breed. So they changed it to the Alsatian Wolfdog. 
Okay. And that officially stayed its name until 1977 in the UK. And funny enough, when I moved to um, America and I was telling my partner um, about an Alsatian, he was like, what's an Alsatian? Because it's not really you, that term's not used Mm. in the US at all. Um, So, but then in 1977, they changed back to the German Shepherd Dog. Um, So it's seen, Adolf Hitler had one, um, and it was again used a lot in World War II when the popularity drops again. Mm, That's not going to be doing any good for her. No, it wasn't. And actually, it, po- it dropped in the US that time as well. It's gone back up to um, being the fourth most popular dog breed. And I say it's the fourth most popular dog breed. Um, and I think, I don't see loads of them around. It's not like here, but maybe we're just in Chicago. But I think, mm. are they counting police dogs? Oh, that's I, I think they're quite popular outside of police dogs. But Do you I see them like a lot see in a lot. your practice? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say it's one of the most popular dog breeds. I could see it being four. Yes, I'm with you, and I, it doesn't strike me as being a dog I'm seeing around a lot, but yeah, I'm not sure. And however, so what also made it popular, popular at the time was famous, and I'd never heard of them until moving to the US, famous dogs of its day. And there are three dogs on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and two of them are German Shepherds. No. So you probably won't know this, Larry, because you didn't grow up in the US, you might do, but Trevor, do you know any famous oh German Shepherd Rin, dog? Rin Tin Tin. Rin Tin oh. Tin. Yeah, I've never probably heard of a Rin Tin Tin. Rin Tin Tin was a, in the silent movies, and he was like a, a, a bit like a lassie in a way, supporting this general on the, um, in the army and stuff. And he is on the Wall of Fame. And there's another uh, German Shepherd, which was before Rin Tin Tin in real silent movies in the early 20s called Strongheart. Have you heard of Strongheart, correct, Trevor? No, so there are three dogs on the Walk of Fame and two of them are German Shepherds. Um, So they're extremely loyal dogs and very easily trained. And they, which shows loyalty. And I read this story the other day. In 2012, a German Shepherd dog um, lost its owner. And it was in Argentina and his name was Captain. And for six years, it sat on or next to its owner's grave every single day. And it just shows that loyalty. And that's why there's such good dogs um, in those sort of in the armed forces, in the police force. Um, Trainability, they are, as I've said before, extremely easily trained. However, you've got to get them from early, from a puppy to socialise them. And Stanley Corrin's, they're they're the third most intelligent dog below the Border Collie and the Poodle. So it's the highest one we've had so far. Yeah, it's the Mm. highest one we've had so far. And they're extremely protective but again, it does come down to that training. Even though they say they're very easily trained, they come up third as the risk, a dog that risk that could bite you. Yes. And you were saying that you have them in the practice and you would muzzle most of them. Yeah, we in general, I think most of us in the veterinary field, we look at German Shepherds with a bit of caution. Um, and I was saying that they, unlike other breeds of dogs, which may put their ears back, show some teeth, show behaviors that are, are warning signs or growling, obviously, um, those that breed in particular will be is rather known for wagging its tail and biting. So they're sort of fear biters. So there's no warning for it. They'll just go. Oftentimes there's not warning. Mm. That's interesting. So we're a bit more cautious. Yeah. And it's I also f- a big breed, and so they can do damage. Yeah, and I feel like that is a common connotation of this breed. My mother, for example, would not ever consider an Alsatian because straight away she says 
aggressive dogs. Yeah. And I think that's, to a degree, it's a bad reputation of it because I do think if you've got the right training, it's a really loyal, brilliant okay. with brilliant with kids. Mm. Um, but they're, again, because they're so loyal to their family, they have such a protective instinct. So mm. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And we're in a different environment. I grew up with shepherds and I would say, yeah, we were, I never felt unsafe. And my parents obviously didn't feel like we were unsafe around the German shepherd. But when you take them out of that environment and you put them around strangers, it's a different story. It, there's a reason they're police dogs, right? So yeah. They have those traits. And talking about bites, um, you don't want to be bitten by one. And this is because it has the second highest sort of pressured bite, the strongest bite of any dog breed. Oh. Does anyone know Ouch. the hardest dog breed bite? Oh. It's another German breed. Oh, I was going to say the pit bull just based I on thought it would be, but I think that's head. the third. Is the Great Dane a German breed? Yeah. Is it the Great Dane? No. It's another one you think has a connotation of being slightly, could be aggressive. Oh, like a Rottweiler? A Rottweiler. Oh, yeah, The strongest bite. Um, anyway, there's, so talking about sort of um, the wolf-like mm. look, um, in they actually tried to breed the Alsatian with, or the German Shepherd in, in the 1920s in Holland with wolves. But they couldn't be domesticated. So they mm. thought, right, let's do it. And they, wouldn't, they couldn't be domesticated, these dogs. So that went, they were like, I think they were trying to make a more of a protective breed, a stronger breed. Gosh. I, mean, that's, I think they're protective enough, yeah. Yeah. Oh let's look at the temperament of the dog. We've already touched on the temperament. Um, they are very trainable because they're very intelligent. Um, and we said they're the, the third most intelligent dog breed. Um, and it's, they do say you have to be an experienced owner. Did okay. you find them, when you, you grew up with them, did you find them easy to train? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was small. I don't, I don't yeah. really recall. But yeah, I mean, they were relatively well behaved. Um, so that's the trainability. And it's just something you've got to be aware of because they are very alert. Mm. They are protective. Now, when we look at, say, living with this breed as well as how we trained, it is renowned shedder. So, okay. So I remember when I used to straight out for Lauren. <laughs> Did yeah. you find it when you were? Absolutely. Yeah. They shed a ton. Yeah. And they come in two coats. They come in the long hair coat, which is slightly rarer than the short headed one. Mm. They both shed, but the short headed one, a bit like a Labrador, really sheds because it has this double coat. Some people say they shed twice a year, spring and um, fall. But however, I think it's an ongoing thing. So you need constant mm. regular brushing. And I love Alsatians or German Shepherds, but that is a one thing for me that would put, it, yes. put me off having the dog. Mm. They come in mainly lots of different colours, but the ones that are standard are your black and tan, mm. all black. And a recent one, which I think is really striking, is the white um, German Shepherd. Oh, I've never yeah, seen one white, of those. Yeah. Oh, I think they're lo- it's absolutely striking, really stunning. Does it look husky-like? I guess so. It, no, no, I wouldn't say it. it just looks like a white. It wolf. really just, yeah, it just looks like a white German. I mean, yeah, it is a white German Shepherd. They are stunning, absolutely stunning. Um, so there was his appearance, and we've looked at the temperament. So, going back to our health issues. Now, there's yes. been when I talk about breeding, they've bred with wolves. They're quite a new breed. I read the other day that in America. There was so much interbreeding for the look. They were looking at the look, not the trainability. So I, the police, police had to import dogs from Europe to become police dogs because the dogs that were being bred in America at the time were so focused on um, the appearance. It had so many genetic health issues. Mm. That was back in the sort of 1970s and 80s, and that's come the better breeding practices happened. But it still has had an impact on its health issues. And when I said to Trevor, we're going to be looking at the German Shepherd, Trevor went... 
Doom I'd, and gloom. I know, doom. just like the Cavalier. A uh, lot of. I issues. promise there are healthy breeds out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Trevor's going to tell us more about our, the health issues of the German Shepherd. Yeah, and we'll just cut. We, we're going to sh- have to cut this somewhat short because I could probably talk for an hour on this. Um, but I would say the sort of the biggest ones. Um, so congenital things. So hip dysplasia, elbow dysplasia. Those would be big. Um, as dogs get older, a lot of them will develop what is called degenerative myelopathy, and that is demyelination or stripping of the insulation to the spinal cord and then um, decay of the white matter, which is where um, all the communication in your nerve fibers, that's where information is sent from your legs to your brain okay, and other parts of your body. But um, they predominantly have problems with their back end with this condition. And it's a it's degenerative. So it's a process that gets worse over time. And how often, how many dogs that happening? Because I literally see every German shepherd I see, they always seem to have issues with their back legs. They're like stumbling. It, would yeah. you say it's a bit like the Cavalier where you said 100% has this No, I, I don't think it's that high by any means. I don't have actual numbers on it. I just know it's one of the most common diseases they get as they get older. But what you are referring to, I think, is more, they, they're actually bred to have that kind of lower carriage on the back leg. So a lot of them do have hip dysplasia that they're born with. And a lot of them do, as they get older, develop this degenerative myelopathy. But they do, um, through breeding, just have that kind of hunched back end look. Yeah. Mm. So other stuff, um, they get intervertebral disc disease. So just like humans, they get disc ruptures as they get older that can be surgical. Um, Older things like all dogs, all large breed dogs get like osteoarthritis. And then some of the other things that are pretty specific to this breed is they get what are called perianal fistulas. It's gross. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can kind of guess what this Yeah. Is, so they get these draining tracks around their anus, and we're not exactly sure what the cause of this is. Um, but it's something that's relatively specific to the breed, and we think that okay. it's it's potentially a, an autoimmune disease or something. And um, is it life-threatening? No, I don't. It, it's not life-threatening. It's just something that can be obviously a, um, a pain issue. in the butt. A, a pain in the ass, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then kind of keeping with the realm of uh, sort of the digestive tract of sorts, they also are, are a breed that gets what is called exocrine, exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. So where there is a, a percent of these dogs that are born with an inability to produce digestive enzymes from the pancreas. And so it gets digest relatively, sorry, gets diagnosed relatively early in life. And it's something that just they get supplemented with a, a sort of a powder on their food that helps them digest fats and things. And then uh, cancers, they, as they get older, um, they get overrepresented for getting cancers like osteosarcomas, which are tumors of the bone. And then in my practice, so I'm a, a veterinary cardiologist, what I see the most for is a tumor called hemangiosarcoma, which is a very aggressive tumor of the blood vessel lining, essentially. Uh, and it affects the heart and it affects the spleen, the liver and other kind of blood filled organs. Does this happen at a certain age or is it can young dogs get it or does it happen? Is it like an old age cancer? Yeah, it's more of a middle age to late age cancer mm. for sure. And, and same thing with oste- um, osteosarcomas. It tends to be kind of the middle age older breeds for sure. And would you say like last last week you said you see a lo- one of your top dogs is the Cavalier. What about the German Shepherd? Would you say it's one of your top dogs you're seeing? Not not in the cardio practice, no. I would say it's maybe top 20, but it's also a popular breed as we talked about. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Mm. And then kind of last things, um, sticking with the cardio realm since I'm biased, um, they do get that same degeneration of the valve like Cavaliers get, although to a much lesser degree. And then interestingly, um, they are one of the few dog breeds that get an inherited ventricular arrhythmia. Again, super rare, but it's really cool. So puppies will present with these um, arrhythmias. We don't exactly understand what is causing them, um, but it is genetic in origin. And essentially, they're life-threatening arrhythmias that these dogs um, start to present with around eight weeks of age. 
and then they get progressively worse before completely resolving in a lot of cases. So essentially, if we can catch them and we can treat them and we can kind of carry the dog through and support them to the age of about two, um, oftentimes it never becomes a problem later in life. Yeah. And you know you're saying later in life. What is the age expectancy? 10 so I researched this it's Mm. 10 to 12 so it's not it's not low for an old dog sorry for a large dog but 10 to 12 is the life expectancy okay yeah Yeah. Um, other last little things for them they get something called panis which so we're moving on to sort of the eyes essentially every organ system they seem to have something but um, (laughs) panis is sort of like a kind of like a sunburn on your your cornea so they get an infiltration of of inflammatory cells um, and they also get retinal degeneration they get all the really quite graphic. Yeah, they really do, unfortunately. And would you say that, obviously it's going to be expensive, is it off-putting to, you know, any medical bill is going to be off-putting, but do you find it's, is it a bit like with the Cavalier, you're guaranteed to have some sort of medical bill? Is that... I would, if I was a betting man, I would say yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. This is, I would consider this more an, an expensive breed. And I think that's due to, you know, the, the genetic, the inbreeding we've had. And with any popular dog, mm. it does become more inbred because there's more of a demand for it. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I had a client that was a, she was German. Her name is Nadia. Um, and she bred German shepherds. I saw her when I was in private practice all the time. And she would import her breeding dogs from Germany. And I always just thought it was because she was German. Um, but that makes sense now that she was probably doing that to sort of mix the genetics around. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So before we move on to one of our favorite top dog names, mm-hmm. um, a girl in my class, Tara. Hi, Tara. She is going to be do the job of choosing the countries for the it's sort of the official dog of that country. Oh, okay. So the country she has chosen this week, Finland, oh, England and Russia. Okay, so let's start with Finland. How, how does this work? We we say what breed so it is. So you've got the a, there's every. I didn't realize every country has an official breed, oh, like right. an official okay. dog. The is do- it the Finnish Lapound? Oh, you're half right because oh. the first word is correct. Fin- Finnish. Well, obviously, Finnish. The Finnish Husky, and it looks a bit like a husky. It's a Finnish Spitz. Oh, oh. So, yeah. So it's very like a small husky. Yeah, I was thinking a thick-coated animal it needs to be. England. The English bulldog. The English bulldog. Which Ooh, I, I'm oh. sorry. Yeah, mm. I, the English bulldog, because I think that's so quintessentially British, especially Winston Churchill. Yeah, it, oh, the spitting image. Yeah. But at the same Not time... Not that the dog looks like Winston Churchill. Yeah, but I just, think there is just, an animal with the big <laughs> jowls. Oh, yes, always yeah. compared. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah. But I think, as well as quintessentially English, what's really sad is it's such, that it's such a breed that has got so many health it's, issues. Yeah, that'll pretty much just be me talking the whole time on yeah. that test. Yeah. And oh. so, yeah, so that's a big one. But he is... The British Bulldog, which mm. when you think of England, yes, it is your British do. Bulldog. And the one I've naturally never heard of, I had to look at what it looked like. Um, Russia, you probably won't get this one. It's got a colour in, the name of the country and a type of dog. Uh, the Russian Blue Hound. You are so close. It's Russian, Russian something. Russian Black Hound. Russian Black Terrier. Oh. oh. We get partial credit. So, there, thank you, Tara, for that. We'll be looking forward to the next three countries next week. So... If you had an Alsatian or a German Shepherd dog, what names would you call? Shall I tell you them? No, let's hear what you would hear and then we'll go through if you're on the top three um, popular boys and top three popular girl names. Well, like you, I took the advice of one of my students. So I asked Lena, 
who is an avid listener. Hi, Lena. Hi, Lena. And she gave me a couple. I thought, actually, yes, I am with you on this. So she thought, Buddy, Bear or Maxwell? For, Max, for, well, for Max, the, the, Max. the guy. Yeah. You know? Oh, yes. Max yeah. Von, you know. Yes. And Bear, I thought. <laughs> Bear, I thought, was a nice one as well. I could see that. Yeah. Yes. So I'm going to go with those. I would say for a boy, I would say Jorg. Jorg. Like, where's that come from? Jorg. The most Germany. popular. This is dog, what we would name the dog, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I why Jorg? It's he's a strong German. German name. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. These dogs are from. Germany, yeah, they're from Germany. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and then for, I guess, the female, I would s- stick with the same theme. I would say maybe Gisela or yeah, Angela. Yeah. Angela. Oh, oh. Bit political. Oh. Bit political. <laughs> um, I would go, I like, I think there's things like Ernest, Ernie. I think that's quite cute. Yeah. Especially the bigger, the oh, fluffier. Bernie. Bernie. Um, and for a girl, again, because it's so, a bit like it's uh, Rhodesian Ridgeback, no nonsense. I'd call it something like... Sissy. Betsy. Oh, Betsy. Okay. Something a bit silly. Froline. Froline. If we're going along Travers line. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, top boy's name. Okay. Max. Oh, well done, Lena. Bear. No. And Charlie. Charlie's always on there. Um, and girls. I find it really weird with girl named dogs. They're, they're always similar, and I don't know why they choose. Luna. Right. Bella. So Bella. Bella seems to be on all the time. Zoe. 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 I've never known a dog called Zoe. No. Okay. It's a bit of an odd one. It is an odd one. So, our final question. Is the German Shepherd dog, Lowry, is it going to make it on the list like the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel (laughs) or is it going to be kicked to the curb? So, it's, it's not going to make the list. Why? It's the shedding, number one. Yep. We, um, obviously just did another podcast about interiors so shedding is a that level of shedding is a no-go um but also that innate um trait of perhaps being aggressive without warning is definitely something i'd be wary of especially at my time in life when i might be thinking about having children in the next few years and i know that trevor was saying it wasn't a problem but that would be something i'd be very mindful of definitely and Trevor, you've had one before when you were growing up. Yeah, actually several of them. Um, yeah, I, not my ideal breed, but I would definitely be open to it. Okay. Yeah. What about I, you, George? I love them, and I think they're really striking, and I like the long-haired one. But again, I'm I'm a bit selfish. I can't bear shedding dogs. It's mm. such it's such a no-no for me. Yeah. Like, And they shed tons. Mm. It's just constant hair everywhere. So that would be a big... To be honest, I think trainability, that wouldn't bother me, because I honestly think the fact that they could be a guide dog... Yeah, um, I do think these are extreme that comes down to the breeding and it comes mm. down to the training. I think if you get it right, you've got an ideal dog. Mm. But again, Joshua would love them. Yes, very much Joshua. He so. doesn't do the hoovering. Well, he does actually. Um, <laughs> I, saying, I feel like Joshua does more than the hoovering. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> that's a fair bit. Um, so yeah, so that um, is our German Shepherd dog. And if you want to see um, pictures, or there, we've got lots of followers on Instagram, go to Dog in the Spotlight, where you can get a bit more information on other breeds as well as the German Shepherd dog. Thanks again, Lowry and Trevor. Thank, Thank you. you.